Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. We just invite God into this place and just open up with a word of prayer as we get into the word of God. Is that all right? Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for just the word of God, that it brings light. We thank you that the word of God gives us understanding. And we thank you that the eyes of our understanding are opened and being enlightened, that we may come to know who you are, that we may come to have wisdom and understanding and revelation of who you are. And we thank you that today helps us see you and know you more. And so we give you all the thanks and all the praise. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Well, today, as we saw what we're doing, uh, I, I, I said we'll take that at the end of service, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. They're flagging me and saying, hey, don't forget the offering. Listen, that's awesome when you got your usher saying, hey, we got to take up offering, man. Come on. It's a good thing. Good ushers trained well. <laughs> uh, but today, as you saw what took place, Today is a representation of the best of a church. You have the opportunity to see those that are eager as a mom and dad to say, God, we want to dedicate our child to you and and raise them up in the right way. You see individuals that come within a church and say, I want to make that church my home and be called part of the family of a particular church. And then you see individuals that step up and say, listen, we want to become leaders. We don't want to just be those individuals that sit on the bench. We want to be in the game and being a part of doing what God's called us to do. And how many of you know that when it comes to playing games, it's a whole lot more fun being in the game than it is sitting on the sideline cheering them on. I mean, when the team is doing good, it's exciting to be able to cheer them on, but it's a whole lot more fun to be able able to be in the game, being a part of the win rather than just celebrating. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. And so today is a good representation of really God's heart concerning his heart and concerning his house, I should say. And so I just got a one-off message today uh, before we start a new series. And the title of my message today is called Heart for the House, Heart for the Harvest. How many of you know that your house and your life has a direct correlation to the house of God? I said your house, your life, your family has a direct correlation as to the house of God. As well as the house of God is doing is to the degree of how well you're doing. If the church is healthy, then that means you're healthy, right? And therefore, having a heart for the house, that means that you have a heart for the harvest, which simply means those people that don't know Jesus. How many of you know it's real easy to get into kind of a a rut, if you will, to say, man, I just like who we have. I like just the, the people that we get to hang out with because we're all cool, right? And nobody likes somebody that's not cool to come into the mix, right? You don't fit in. You're not, you're not cool like us, you know. But listen, how many of you know that getting around you, you help them become cool? Why? Because they come into a relationship with Jesus as a result of having a relationship with you. And so as we begin to have a heart for the house, God gives us a heart for the harvest. And so God wants us to know that there's more in store for us this year. Now, just that being said, 
there's some things that have been stirring in my heart as a pastor. And really today, this message is just really kind of a, a heart-to-heart, if you will, with, with our church. And so if you're here and this isn't home for you, then just hear what I'm saying and take it back to your own church because it would be applicable to your church as well. Or if you're looking for a church, just know that, that God has a heart for you and wants you to be connected. But one of the things that God has been stirring our heart with this year, he said that this year is a year that we're purposing to make room for God. Amen? What does that mean? That means that I am prioritizing my life, and therefore I am positioning myself to make room for God. Now, I've been endeavoring to get into a place of health and getting back into shape. And I haven't been really good in my exercise routine. And there's nothing that is stopping me from being healthy or getting into my exercise routine other than I haven't made room for it. Right? It's not that I don't have room for it. It's that I haven't made room for it as part of my life to get into the shape and get into the health that I need to. So in order to make room for God, we've got to do it intentionally. And God says, I'm ready and desiring for you to make room for me this year. And as a result, we said that this year was going to be a year of power. That God's going to show up and show off. That his power is going to be in demonstration. That we're going to experience the glory of God like never before as a result of making room for God. Amen? Amen. Come on, you can say amen anytime it distracts your fancy to say that's a good word right there. Amen? Also, we said this, that as I was praying at the beginning of this year, God's never said this to me before, or I've never heard him say it to me before, but he said something to me that concerning our church, one of the mandates for Genesee Valley Church is to break the back of lack. How many of you know that Genesee County is very impoverished? How many of you know that this region, the whole Flint region, is very impoverished? And really that, that poverty is not a matter of financial income. It's really a state of mind. And so God says, I have commissioned you and have given you a mandate and an assignment to break the back of lack. And if you don't know it, I want you to know that when it comes to lack, lack isn't a matter of money. It is a spiritual thing that God says, if you'll let it creep into your life, it will create poverty and lack. So if that's the case, if it's more of a spiritual thing, when we take a stand and say, God, we're going to make room for God this year. When we take a stand and we say, God, power is going to be in demonstration this year. When we say, We are breaking the back of lack. Do you know what we're actually doing? We're actually making a declaration of war. You realize that? And any time you make a declaration of war, what happens to the person or who you declare war to? They retaliate. Come on. Are you hearing me this morning? And isn't it interesting that just as a result of those things that we have announced as a church, that we are going to be making room for God in our life. Have you noticed that things have become more busy? There are greater things to distract us. Take a look around today. There's there's many that are gone today. Why? Because of the distractions and because of the things that have made room for in life rather than God. And so what does that mean? That means that the enemy will accommodate you with distractions. Right? 
Oh, you think that the power of God is going to be in demonstration? You think that God's going to do some big things in your life? Well, let me just see what you think about this. Right? We said that we're going to break the back of lack. So what does the enemy do? He says, do you really believe that? Let's see how you like this. I'll say in my own personal life. In my personal life, everything was rolling along really smooth. And, you know, I've got a a truck. It's been a great truck. It's getting a little bit older. But just in the last couple of weeks, something blew up in my motor. And as a result, I took it into the shop. They says, well, on the short side, it's going to cost you at least $2,000. On the far side, it's going to cost you about $5,000. I'm like, well, praise the Lord. (laughs) And so, you know, I don't know if you're like I am, but, you know, I don't have just $5,000 laying around. I wish I did. If you do, just pass it along. I'd greatly appreciate it. You know, no, <laughs> I'd thank you. I'd send you a card even, all right? But my, my point is this. Uh, you know, here all of a sudden, there is this lack that shows up. Oh, you believe that we're going to destroy the back of lack? Well, let's take a look at it and let's see how you think. Then my wife, she's got a business outside of, outside of uh, church here. And two of her clients just called up two weeks ago and says, hey, listen, uh, uh, we don't need you anymore. So two clients just bailed out. Well, we took our taxes in. I've taken our taxes into this guy for the last several years, and ours is real simple. We do a lot of the work for him. We just give him the paperwork, and we call it good. And, you know, for the last, well, for the last probably 10 years, you know, I've only paid anywhere from 150, maybe $200 at tops for getting my taxes prepared. Well, so they did whatever and they filed an extension because they were busy. And so they finally called me in last week on Tuesday and I, they said, we got your taxes prepared. I said, okay, I'll come pick them up. Well, then they slipped it across the desk there and they said, this is what it's going to cost. The most that I ever paid was $205 to get my taxes prepared. They said, uh, there's been a slight increase this year. I said, oh, okay. Well, you know, everybody raises their prices. $525. I said, you raised your price a little bit? I said, that's not 100%. I said, that's like 150% that you raised your price. And so I kind of argue with them a little bit. So they came back and they says, well, we'll take it down to, I think, $350 or something like that. I'm like, well, thank you very much, but that's still a whole lot more than what I was expecting. See, here's what my point is, is that it seems as though there is this pushback as though you want to make declaration of war to say you're going to break the back of lack. Let's just see whether you trust God or not. How many of you have been experiencing the pinch in your life? How many of you know that God is bigger than the enemy? The Bible says that he's already defeated. The Bible says that we've already won. The Bible says that he supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Because God is faithful. Amen. And so I want to encourage you this morning to have a heart for the house. God will give you a heart for the harvest. Now, you might think we're just simply talking about the lost. Oh, there's a whole lot more to that side of having a heart for the harvest. So hold on to your britches today. 
Yeah, don't take them off. Keep them on, all right? Hold on to your britches. Don't know where that came from. Just hold on to your seat or something because we're going somewhere today because God wants you to know he's got your back. He's standing behind you. He's faithful to his word, and he will not let you down. He will step forward and show off and show you that he's the God that he said he will be. Amen? Amen. Well, I want to bring your attention, first of all, to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28, you can start in verse 1. In fact, before we get there, I just want to encourage you to think differently about yourself. Because in the church world, there has been this wrong mentality about us as believers. But I want you to know that God wants you to live above the rest of the world. How many of you know that this world was not designed for the devil's kids? The wealth of the world was not made for the devil's kids. It was made for God's kids. So therefore, when it comes to you living, I want you to start seeing and expecting yourself to come up higher this year. God expects your living and your ability to live above the norm to be the example of the kind of God that we serve. He desires for our marriages to be such success that people look at us and say, man, I wish I had a marriage like that. They look at your kids and say, I wish my kids behaved that way. They look at your, your, your church and they say, I wish my church looked like your church. Amen. See, listen, if we begin to have a heart for the house, have a heart for the harvest, our mentality begins to change. See, God didn't call you to be a part of a church just to sit back and say, God, just spoon feed me some things. He says, I want you to be a part of the process. You know, it ought to do you well, and it ought to stir your heart to say, God, our church ought to be the best church in the community. Not to say that there's not other ones that, out th- that, are, that are out there that are good, but I'm simply saying you ought to have such pride in your church for the house of God to say, God, if a church is going to look good, it ought to be ours. If, our church is, if there's a church that's going to be able to do something, it ought to be ours. If there's a church that sh- should have buses sitting out in the parking lot that are just going out and bringing people in, it ought to be ours. If there's a church that has a gymnasium that reaches out to the community and causes it to be a community center open to the pub- public 24-7, it ought to be our church. If there's a church that's going to look good, that has great praise and worship, great kids ministry, a great preschool, whatever it might be, it ought to be your church to where you say, God, let it be for us. We we want to see it come to pass. Amen. When people talk about that church, oh, that's that church that does this and does that. And oh, they're the church that looks so great. Oh, it's the church that's so big in the community. And you're like, yeah, that's my church. Oh, that's where I go. Now, you know that there's going to be those naysayers. It just goes with the territory. Well, get used to it. Amen. Come on, you get a new pair of shoes. Somebody's going to complain about it. It's just the nature. Did you really need to get a new pair of Nikes? Didn't you just have a new pair of Adidas last week? (laughs) People are silly. But God desires for us to step up and step out and trust God, having a heart for the house and having a heart for the harvest. Notice what it says here in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. He says, be careful to obey all that I command and that I am giving you today. So we could say it this way. I want you to listen. But more importantly, I want you to be teachable. I want you to listen and have a heart to be teachable. He goes on to say this, that you will live and multiply. Everybody say multiply. That word multiply doesn't mean that you just have seven, eight kids like Tim and Maggie want, okay? 
That's part of it. But listen, how many of you know that if you're going to have seven kids, you need to have an income and multiply uh, financially and naturally in order to take care of seven kids? Right? And I'm not prophesying to you right now. Just whatever, whatever your heart's desire is. Amen. Are you here this morning? It's going to take provision and to multiply or increase in your life as God multiplies you in all areas of life. He says, I desire that you would prosper, that you would multiply, and you will enter and occupy the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors. The land that he's talking about is the promised land. The land that is more than enough. The land that is more than enough. If you recall in regards to that, it's referring to when God set Israel free. He says, I want you to go forth. And he says, I've prepared a place for you. And then once they got to the surrounding areas of that city, God said this to him. He says, now, I want you to send out spies to go check out the city that I'm going to give you. I think he sent ten. Eight came back and says, we can't do it. There's giants in the land. They're, they're too fortified. They're too big. Only two came back that said, oh, we're more than able. We are well able to possess the land. See, God never told them to go spy the land to figure out and find out what you couldn't do. He said, go check out how awesome the promise is that I'm getting ready to give you. Amen? Come on. Are you listening this morning? See, too many times we have let this life beat us down because we've looked at all the things that we say we can't do rather than all the things that God said he's already done. Oh, I'm telling you, if we find out what God said he's done, we can stand up with confidence and boldness to say, God, you said it, that settles it, so I'm just going to take, take care of it right now. Amen. You know, the Bible says that God delivered them from their slavery. He delivered them from their poverty, their lack. He delivered them from their sickness and their disease. He didn't deliver them to take them to a place of hardship. He says, I'm going to deliver you because I've already got a place in mind for you. I've got a place for you to arrive. I've already got some promises and provision for you to experience. Amen? If we can be teachable, we can learn how to trust God in this life. If you recall, the Bible says that when he spoke to them and says, I'm taking you to the promised land, he said, that land has houses that you didn't have to build. He said, it has fields that you didn't have to plant. There is so much plenty that is already there that has already been prepared beforehand. You just got to go possess it. That is what God has said to you. There is a life that I have already prepared beforehand. All you got to do is believe me for it. This church building. How many of you know we didn't have to build this church building? They built it a number of years ago. Another church was in here just a, a few years ago. But for whatever reason, they closed the doors. They shut it down. It went back on the market. Man, God had this prepared and ready for us just to step in and take it over. You know the story. It was a story of impossibility. We didn't have the money. It was impossible financially. And they bent over backwards to make it ours. They said, we believe that God said it's yours, so therefore we're going to work with you. So therefore God says, I've gone before you, prepared a place for you, houses and churches and buildings that you didn't have to build. It's just been waiting for you to go and possess it. Amen. Woo, come on. You might say, I am living in an apartment right now. That's okay. 
There's houses that are being built all the time. Well, yeah, but they're building them. Yeah. But you realize that they might just simply be building them to get it ready for you just down the road. Come on. That's the God that we serve. Amen. He's wanting to help his kids. Come on, we got to stop looking at God as though he's this big, hard and heavy God that is trying to teach us through test and trial all of our life. That is so far from the truth. How many of you as parents want your kids to struggle and say, struggle's good for you? Uh, It will teach you. It will build character. Not if you love them. Now, you might have been raised that way, and so you duplicate that kind of thinking. But any parent that sees their child struggling wants to get in and rescue them if they can. Right? I don't care if they're adults or not. Are you here this, this morning? Come on. My kids are little, but when they get older and they say, Dad, we're in a hard place. Hey, baby, I, I'll help you any way I can. Why? Because I don't want my kids to struggle. Because I love them. Well, why do we think that our Heavenly Father sits up there on a throne in majesty with streets of gold, with everything being provided for, mansions all over the place in His glory, in His supply, and everything that you can imagine being accessible. And here He is sitting in all this, uh, this abundance while His kids are on earth struggling. And He's up there saying, well, tough, tough luck. That's not God. God wants to supply and help our lives. This life as a Christian was never meant to be a life of struggle. And whoever told you it was lied to you. Now, there's going to be challenges and tests. There's going to be hurdles in life. But this life was never meant to be a struggle. Jesus said, I came to pay a price so that that was not the case. He said, I came that you might have life and life more abundantly in quality and quantity. And if you didn't know it, you were worth every bit of the price. I said, you were worth every bit of the price that Jesus paid for you to have life and life more abundantly. Amen. But unfortunately, we as the church, we have cooperated with struggle rather than God's helping hand. How do we cooperate with the struggle? With our worry, with our concerns, with the pressures that we allow to stack on our shoulders. We cooperate with the struggle by our mouth. Well, everybody else gets ahead, but I don't. When it rains, it pours. Come on, are you here this morning? God needs us to operate from a position of abundance. Now hear me now. God does not need and doesn't want for His church to just barely get a buy. He wants you to begin to lean into and live a life of abundance or that is more than enough so that you can Promote the harvest and promote the house. Are you here this morning? Listen, if you can't see yourself living above where you're at right now, you've already defeated yourself. The devil didn't need any help to get you in that position. By you thinking, I can't get any better, you've already defeated yourself with no help by the devil. Are you here this morning? Come on, that's good preaching. See, God wants us to cooperate with him 
and understanding that his desire is for us to increase. Your abundance, your provision, this life that God has desired for you is not waiting on you, or I should say it this way, you're not waiting on it, it's waiting on your faith. Your abundance, your increase is waiting on your faith. How many of you know that you got faith? I've got faith. Now listen, if you didn't realize it or not, you are spiritual farmers. I said you're spiritual farmers. How many of you know that when a farmer goes out to plant, he expects there to be a harvest? He makes an investment. He plants seed and he expects there to be increase or abundance. How many of you know that a a farmer does not plant seed and expect a 100% return? A 100% return is a seed for a seed. That's just breaking even. No, he knows with every seed that is sown, there is a multiplication that happens and takes place as a result of what they invested into the harvest. And therefore, he expects there to be an abundance in return. Amen. How many of you have ever seen a farmer go out there and say, well, you know what? We had a good crop this year. I only harvested half my field. I'm going to leave the rest of it out there because I I, I I just don't deserve it. I don't deserve that much. Hello? But yet we live this life with God saying, oh, well, you know, God sent his son Jesus to die for me. And I, uh, I guess I'll go to heaven. But this whole life of living well, I just don't deserve it. No. God made an investment in you. And he says, for you, you are a spiritual farmer. As moms and dads, you're farming kids to grow and to know him. Amen? But in addition to that, the Bible says that one of the ways that you continue to farm, to have a heart for the house, is through your tithing and through your giving. Amen? I said it's through your tithing and your giving. And God says this. He said, it belongs to me. And if you'll purpose to honor me, hear my voice, he says, I will open up the doors of abundance for your life. Now, Whether you choose to make that investment in your house or your car or your recreation or whatever else, it still belongs to God. And so oftentimes we wonder, how come I'm struggling making the house payment? How come I'm struggling with making the car get down the road? How come I'm struggling? I try to have recreation in my life and have fun, but it doesn't bring fulfillment. Maybe it's because we've spent God's money on that and we find ourselves still struggling. Amen? Well, God wants us to learn how to be farmers. Amen. He's asking us, will you learn to trust me? Can we purpose to trust him when it comes to our giving? When it comes to our giving, you've got to hear this. God does not want your money. He wants your obedience. He's not needing your money. He's needing your faith. 
Your money does not produce a reward. Your money does not produce a harvest in your life. It is your faith and obedience to God that brings the reward. It's just a means by which God says, will you trust me with your tithe? Will you trust me with your giving? Amen? And out of your obedience comes the reward in your life. Think about this. When it comes to Jesus, Jesus ministered to the blind man. He made, he made mud out of spittle. I mean, put yourself in this place. He, he, he spits in the dirt, makes mud, and puts it in the man's eye. And he says, now go wash in the pool of Shiloh. Why did he say go wash in a different place? Was he trying to frustrate this man's faith? Was he trying to frustrate this guy and say, listen, you're blind. You got mud in your eyes. Now go try to find the place where I told you to wash. Why didn't he just say bring a, a bowl of water? Because he wasn't looking to make it easy on the man. He was looking for the man to find his faith. Why? Because the mud's in his eyes. And every step he gets closer to the pool. He says, my sight's almost here. Every step he gets closer to that pool when I wash my eyes, Jesus said, I'm going to see. And every step he gets closer to exercising his faith, his miracle is just on the other side. See, God's not looking for your money. He's looking for your obedience. And on the other side of that, your faith says your reward is at hand. Come on, he's needing you to have a heart for the house and a heart for the harvest. Amen. This vision of Genesee Valley Church needs your harvest. Now listen to me. Listen, listen. The vision of GVC is beyond your tithe. God needs you to move from where you're at into a place of abundance. Because as you give, He says, increase and abundance comes. And therefore, he needs you to function from a place of abundance so that the vision of what God's called this place to be can thrive and uh, flourish because it's beyond just us. We have to expand our faith to say, God, it's beyond us. It's bigger than us. It's more than these in this room. There's multitudes that need Jesus and it needs to be done through us. Amen. He needs our faith. God only needs you to say yes. God said, I'll supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Every time that God speaks to you in the realm of giving, it's always beyond your mentality. Why? Because he needs your faith to show up. And all he's waiting for is your response of yes. Because when you say yes, that's when the supply shows up. I will supply your need according to, uh, according to his riches and glory. Until you have a need, there is no supply. But when God speaks to your heart and you're saying, God, that's bigger than I can even fathom. God, that's beyond me. That's, that's more abundance than what I know. God says, yep. But all I need you to do is say yes. Because when you say yes, it's not about you taking care of the need. It's about me supplying the need. Amen? Lastly, I'll share this real quickly. In 1 Kings, the Bible speaks of the prophet Elijah. God speaks to the prophet and says, I want you to go to the city. You'll find a woman there that is going to supply your need. 
he goes to the city and he finds the woman. And upon finding the woman, he says to her, woman, he says, can you go get me something to drink? She does and she comes back. Then after he gets a drink, he says, make me a piece of bread. She says, sir, there's a famine in the land right now. She says, all I have is enough to make bread for my son and I, and we're going to die. He then responds to her and says, fear not. He says, make a piece of bread or a loaf of bread for me first and then for you, for God will provide. He says, make one for me first. He says, do not fear. Do you know what that word fear means? It don't mean don't be afraid. It means don't respect or honor. How many times do we look at our bank accounts, we look at the lack, we look at the job, and we look at the famine in the land, and we respect it and honor it and say, I could never do that because look at what I do or don't have. He says, don't honor the lack that you see in your life. Trust God. And if you'll trust God, he'll meet your need. Now notice what he says. Make a cake or make a piece of bread for me first, then for you. If there's a first, then there must be a second. See, God puts it before you to trust him in the area of your giving so that you can have a heart for the house and a heart for the harvest. But you determine whether it's going to be your last or whether it's going to be your first. whether it's going to be your last or your first. If you can step out and trust God and say, God, you are faithful, God says there's more in store. Amen? Now, I know that I'm going just a little bit long, but God needs you to hear this. I purpose to get to the end of the service to take offering because we are breaking the back of lack And I don't know what you got going on in your life, but it's showing up in the church. When it came to our projects, only three people filled out commitment cards out of the entire church. So that means that we didn't say, God, what are you asking me to? What do I have to say yes to? We just instinctively said, nope, not me, not me. But God says, I want you to have a heart for the house. And have a heart for the harvest. You might say, well, pastor, you're taking up this offering at the end. And that's kind of manipulating our our emotions. No, I'm not trying to manipulate you. You heard the word of God. And the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So right now you have an opportunity to respond in faith and say, God, I'm going to trust you. What will you have me do? Will you have me give my tithe? Will you have me commit to the projects? Because God, there is a people that need us here in this place. And you might say, I don't got it. All God needs is for you to say yes. And God says, here comes the supply. Can you say amen? Come on, God. Oh, he so desires for you to experience more than you've ever experienced. This lack, poverty stuff, it's going. The devil can 
rear his ugly head as much as he wants. But I'm telling you what, we've got a mandate and you hide and watch. God's going to use us. He's going to use you to change the course of this community because we are living in the last days. Jesus is coming soon and he needs a people that are not beat down but are standing strong and bold and lifting their voice and saying, here am I, use me, God. And God says, here's what I need you to do. Amen. I don't know if that helped you, but that preached me happy. Amen, because I'm walking this life of faith right along with you. Amen. So we're getting ready to give this morning. I want to encourage you and challenge you. If being a faithful tither is what you just need to do and say, God, I'll be faithful and say yes to that, then be obedient to do that. When it comes to your support of the house in the projects that we have, listen, listen to me. Over the course of the last several weeks, we have fell behind two church payments. Not falling behind in the sense that we haven't paid them, but it means that we've had to pull from monies that was saved. That's not God's heart. God's heart isn't to go backwards, it's to move forward. So in addition to your tithe, you say, okay, God, I'm going to support a project. What is that? All God's asking for you is to say yes. And he'll figure out the rest. Amen? Now, I trust that you heard my heart because I don't want you to give out of compulsion, out of pressure. I want you to give in faith. Are you ready? I'm going to pray. Gentlemen, let's come forward. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your faithfulness. For God, you have given us a heart for this house and a heart for the harvest. God, you need us to increase so that we can reach these lost people in this community. And so, God, I give you all the thanks and praise. I thank you that not one single person in this place heard this to be a message of being pressured, but simply a message that we heard from the heart of God. And so, God, we just trust you right now. And we give in faith in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life